Episode 53, Genesis 17, verses 15 to 27. The Promised Son, a time for laughter. As God's own people, we have the ultimate example of both suffering and loss. God's own Son, Jesus, shared in our humanity. He was tempted, just as we are, and he went through the same ordeals we go through, and many were far worse. Throughout the Bible, there is a thread which weaves God's people into a great plan to heal what is broken, to right that which is wrong, and to replace sadness with joy. The verses in this episode reveal another step in the unfolding of this plan, and the thread which weaves together a tapestry of joy and laughter. Verse 15, God said to Abraham, I will change the name of Sarai, your wife. Her new name will be Sarah. In his statement about her, God renames her from Sarai to Sarah. But when he does, it is done through Abraham. Just as God works through Christ to meet with Christ's bride, so he goes through Abraham for the name to be changed. Both names basically mean the same thing, princess. But in the case of Sarah, it has a fuller meaning, like a noble woman. It is like a transition from a local to a global meaning, or something specific to something general. Sarai is like a princess, as if she is in a room with many princesses. But Sarah is like the princess. She is over all the princesses and the mother of all people who would come from her. The significance of this H letter, H, being added to both their names, is believed to associate these two people more closely to the Lord himself. The letters for the divine name, Yahweh, are Y-H-V-H. By adding the H to their names, it seems he is imparting to them a portion of his own nature. This, then, is an elevation beyond the temporal to the spiritual realm. God has conferred a special dignity on them by this addition. It is a way of pointing out his eternal power and Godhead as it is working through them. Verse 16, I will bless her, I will give her a son, and you will be the father. She will be the mother of many nations. Kings of nations will come from her. In the promise of a son through Sarah, God says that she will become many nations, meaning many groups of people, and that kings shall come from her. Through Sarah will come King Saul, King David, King Solomon, and many other kings, and ultimately from her would come the King of Kings, Jesus. The Lord is working through time and people to bring about the incarnation of himself when he will unite with humanity in Mary's womb. Verse 17, Abraham bowed face down on the ground and laughed. Abraham's laughter is that of faith mixed with joy. In Romans 4, it says this, And not being weak in faith, he did not consider his own body already dead, since he was about a hundred years old, and the deadness of Sarah's womb. He did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God, and being fully convinced that what he had promised, he was also able to perform, and therefore it was accounted to him for righteousness. In John 8 verse 56, Jesus probably refers to this incident and Abraham's surety that this son of promise would lead to the Messiah. Your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day, and he saw it and was glad. Returning to our passage, in verse 17, he said to himself, can a man have a child 
when he is 100 years old? Can Sarah give birth to a child when she is 90? Abraham was a man of faith, and his question was a rhetorical one, not a doubting one. Verse 18, then Abraham said to God, Please, let Ishmael be the son you promised. By now Ishmael is 13 years old, and Abraham probably loves him very much. What God decides is what is right and perfect, but Abraham is thinking from a human perspective. There is nothing wrong with him making known his request to God, and it is a parent's duty to pray for their children, just as he is doing for Ishmael. Verse 19, God said, No, Sarah your wife will have a son and you will name him Isaac. I will make my agreement with him. It will be an agreement that continues forever with all his descendants. Abraham laughed, and laughter is his name, Yitzhak. Just as the promise was made to Abraham, it is being transferred through this coming child. Verse 20, you asked me about Ishmael, and I heard you. I will bless him, I will give him many descendants, and I will cause their number to grow very greatly. He will be the father of twelve great leaders. I will make him into a great nation. When Abraham asked that Ishmael would live before the Lord, he in fact would, and indeed he would be blessed. Verse 21, but I will make my agreement with Isaac. He is the son whom Sarah will have at this same time next year. Despite the promised blessing to Ishmael, which has surely been fulfilled in an amazing degree, the covenant established in Abraham would likewise be established in Isaac through Sarah. This tells us with all certainty that the covenant is based upon what is spiritual, even if it includes the earthly. Verse 22. After God finished talking with Abraham, God rose and left him. God has finished his discussion with Abraham, and this highest enjoyment, filled with laughter and amazement, ends. As a sign that what was said was ironclad, this verse says that God went up from Abraham. The Lord, who appeared to him, wasn't merely a human being. In this single chapter, he has been called Yahweh, God Almighty, and God. At other times in the Bible, Yahweh appears in a body in a human manifestation of himself. To leave no doubt, in the great man's faith, he ascends visibly, just as he will do at other times, even at the ascension of Jesus recorded in Acts. Verse 23, Then Abraham gathered Ishmael and all the males born in his camp. He also gathered the slaves he had bought. So that day Abraham circumcised every man and boy in his camp. This was what God had told him to do. God gave the directive, and the next verse, after he departed, Abraham's obedience is noted. Anyone who can trace his lineage back to Abraham is a son of Abraham by birth and billions of people can do so. But only those who are of faith receive the nearness to God through adoption as sons. Paul makes it clear in Galatians 3 verse 7, Therefore know that only those who are of faith are sons of Abraham. He makes the point and then spends several chapters defending it, and it's something we need to remember every day of our lives. Especially when we do something wrong, or something that we know would really upset God. He has made a promise, a spiritual promise, of eternal life to all who believe in the work of Jesus. 
If that promise is based on something we do, after the promise is accepted, then it isn't really a spiritual promise. The idea that a person can lose their salvation based on something they do or fail to do is so foreign to the Bible that it is almost impossible to imagine that people actually teach it. But they do. None of you should ever, ever, ever fail to understand this. You can never lose the salvation Jesus has granted you. God's love for you in Christ Jesus is unconditional. Just as his promise to Isaac before he was even born was also unconditional. Verse 24. Abraham was 99 years old when he was circumcised. Verse 25, And Ishmael, his son, was thirteen years old when he was circumcised. Verse 26, Abraham and his son were circumcised on that same day. Verse 27, our final verse, Also, on that day, all the men in Abraham's camp were circumcised. This included all those born in his camp and all the slaves he had bought from other nations. On the very same day that Abraham was instructed to perform the rite by God, he did so. There was no delaying, no contemplating, and no discussion. This rite, instituted in Abraham, would be performed again on the Son of God, 1,895 years later, when he was eight days old. In his detailed account of the life of Jesus, we read this in chapter 2 of the book of Luke. And when eight days were completed for the circumcision of the child, his name was called Jesus, the name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. God asked nothing of Abraham, nor of any of Abraham's descendants, that he wasn't willing to ask of his own son. Abraham was obedient to the call and performed it without delay. This is our last verse of the day. And it almost begs the question of each of us, have we been obedient to the call of Jesus? There are several parts to this. The first is whether we have accepted Jesus as Saviour. If so, there are certain things he asks of us. For example, we are to be baptised as an outward demonstration of our inward change. The next is to learn the Bible, to read it, and to be able to explain it to others. This isn't something God would call optional. It is an act of obedience, just as Abraham's circumcision was. In the Bible, we find how to live properly and walk in a careful and holy manner as we live out our lives. Is this really something we're trying to do? I assure you that if you're in Christ, in a relationship with Christ, you also have moved from the temporal, earthly realm to the spiritual, heavenly realm. Ephesians 2 verses 4 to 7. In fulfilment of that, in Revelation, God also promises you a new name. Your name is already selected and your destiny is already assured because of your faith in Jesus. Hallelujah and Amen.